Well, well, first scripture is the same first scripture that we've had throughout the course of this series on the Ten Commandments. We're going to read the Ten Commandments. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21, and there we read this. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth below or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of God upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Our accompanying New Testament text is from Matthew 5, and we will read verses 17 through 25 this morning. You'll see why in a moment. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. For you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hells of the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, 
Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and sister, and then come back and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. Ooh, I guess. We're getting into the shell knots. We're in the shell knots. The shell knots and the first one's a biggie. As I think of it, it's big number six. Big number six. Thou shall not murder. Now, uh, initially, Jules, you and I were excited um, to do this because we thought we might have a little bit of um, conflict. head-to-head, a little bit of conflict. We might disagree on some of that. But uh, that was largely <laughs> over um, deciding what, what are we talking about when we're talking about killing. You know, some versions say thou shall not kill. And I was really looking forward to teasing you about the fact that you hold to, um, to what St. Francis held to in a commitment to never kill a living thing. Like you won't even kill bugs and yet you will eat a burger and not even think about it and, and love it and relish it. And so you wanted was, to call me a hypocrite. I, I was so excited to say that because I will go ahead and kill a bug in a second and eat a burger, burger and I won't feel bad about any of it. But the whole bugs and burgers conversation is not actually what we should be talking about when we're looking at this. And, and we know that because you did some fantastic exegetical work on this word murder uh, that really just blocked me from being able to give you any kind of grief at all. So can you get into that a little bit? What are we talking about when we're looking at this word murder? Yeah, so when we're talking about do not kill, thou shalt not kill, don't murder, whatever translation you're using, you always have to go back to the original language in order to understand what's really happening, right? And so the Hebrew is based on this root word um, that is, it's like R-S-H is the root. And what I found was that as opposed to just killing like anything, the bugs and burgers question, um, or really uh, euthanasia, you know, we could talk about all of these things. What's the list? Capital punishment, war, suicide, euthanasia, self-defense, all the things that we like fall into this sort of pharisaical, like, but what about this? But what about that? Well, what about this thing? What we found is that the commandment doesn't really make distinctions. In the text, it's really intending to talk about all of the kinds of ways that we take human life. And that's, I think, the difference. We can get all into the you know, well, I'm not a vegetarian or whatever the thing is. But this is really a word that lives in its core in the place of you are not to take other people's lives away from them. And it has changed in context over the years. I think that the, you know, the way it's been used and the way that even that word was interpreted has changed over millennia, not just decades or centuries but the most common definition is just don't kill people. That's the easiest way to translate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a funny little difference 
with uh, a little bit of a, you know, I like to retranslate things so that it makes sense for me, right? And it really says in the text, you are not murdering. So it reminded me a little bit of, um, it's just like so emphatic. Like, it's like parents who are saying to their kids, mm -hmm. like, you aren't going to do this. That's what it means. Like, you are not murdering. Do you hear me? Right? You are not killing people. That is not how we do things, is basically what this translation is. And so I kind of like that, uh, that version of it. But it really just means people. So sorry about your bugs and burgers argument, buddy, but we're sidestepping it for sure. Well, and in, go ahead. No, I mean, I think that the, the reason that it's important to make that distinction is not to sidestep, well, how we treat creation in general. It's not to avoid that conversation. But in the commandments, in these 10 matters, the concern is always the relationship between people and God and the relationship between people and people. And that the covenant that is in place in these commandments is about those relationships. And that's why it matters. So we shouldn't leave that to the side permanently, but for this, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Um, so that, that can make this a really short sermon if we wanted, because I think that we, you and I could just say, well, so don't, don't kill people. Yeah. You are not killing, you hear me? And I think a lot of us would go, okay, cool. Okay. I'm not yeah. gonna kill anybody. I'm not, um, I don't kill people. I haven't killed people. Um, so I'm good. Let's pray. <laughs> but, but, right. but that's where- um, And Jesus comes back at us on that one exactly, immediately. Exactly, that's why this um, brilliant commentary from Jesus is so incredibly important because uh, Jesus insists that we're not just talking about murder, yeah. but that all the things that could lead up to murder right. are also hugely problematic. They're hugely problematic. And that um, there's more going on than putting a gun to someone's head. There's lots of ways to dispose of human life mm -hmm. that do not look like the things we see on CSI, right? right? Mm -hmm. there's, it's a much more complicated playing field than just being able to be like, well, I'm one of the good guys. I've never killed somebody. So I guess I've got number six covered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and um, to me, I, I love the fact that the Ten Commandments um, given by God to the people as a gift, a way to say, here are the base. We've called this whole series Back to Basics. Here are the basics of how to, to be good to one another and be okay with one another and maybe even lean toward loving one another and how to love me and honor me, how to honor human life and how to honor God. Here are some basics. And we know from history that these scribes, these Pharisees, spent all of this time parsing and nitpicking and all, just picking it apart and got to the point where here's Jesus. 
in, in the course of this lengthy sermon where he is talking as well about not just how to live well together, but how to live this kingdom of heaven right now. Um, when, he, when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, I think you and I both agree, we don't think that he's talking about clouds and, and angels and halos and all that kind of stuff, but is in, indeed talking about this is how you live out shalom. If you want to have any chance of living out shalom now, these things need to be remembered. These things need to be done. And that's why that it's not just about thou shalt not kill. It's about anger and insult and all of those things. Those do not correspond with shalom. Those are not of God. Those are not honoring human life. In the same way that taking life, I would also say that those are not life-giving. And that's the point of shalom, is to give life. Does that make abundance. sense? It's, yeah, abundance. We, yeah. It's, it's not just about, well, if you don't do these things, then the kingdom of God is present. It's actually in Jesus' analysis of the world and the way it works, that you're contributing something as well. Mm-hmm. That there's something added to the world because of what you're doing, not just that the world is fine if you just eliminate these behaviors. And it's not, a, what I hear you saying is, it's not actually about behaviors only. Jesus isn't worried about just what we do. He's also worried about how we think, how we feel, and how those things that we think and feel lead to what we do. Therefore, Matthew mm-hmm. 5. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I love that there's a corresponding, but I say, for mm-hmm. all of these Thou shall not, that we get. You have heard it said, and Mm -hmm. I say. And I say, exactly. But I'm saying this, and expanding it and developing it more, because Jesus is as the embodiment of how to live shalom in this world, um, is pushing us. Because I think that a lot of us do want to say, well, this one I don't have to worry about. This, This doesn't apply to me, when the reality is, I have thought insulting thoughts and called somebody an idiot or a fool. I probably did that already this morning, if I'm being honest. Like, nobody escapes this commandment if we take seriously what Jesus says about it. Nobody escapes it. We may not get to the place where we take a life. Some of us may get to the place where we think about it. (laughs) But we may be removing life energy from the world mm-hmm. with those ways of being in it, right? Yes. I mean, I think that this is about, I love what you're saying here because it, it really is about like your, your posture in the world. Mm-hmm. How do you take a posture in which you are saying, I'm not going to remove life from this creation. I'm mm-hmm. going to grow it. I'm going to nourish it. I'm going to... Um, I'm not going to let anger, I don't think that there's a bad, anger is not bad fundamentally. It just is. Jesus felt anger. We see it in the scriptures. Um, Clearly he needed to be angry in these, some of these Mm -hmm. conflicts. Right. And I think what he's maybe pointing to is the problem comes when anger is your way of life. Mm. So that it's going to, it's going to lead to harm. It's going Mm -hmm. to lead to division alienation, uh, all of the ways that we divide and conquer one another 
if you're living it as a way of life, it's not that it's bad in and of itself. It's how you're positioned. Does that fit yeah. with what you're hearing too? Yes. It's, it's certainly not going to be life giving. And this is speaking of giving life. Uh, the other thing that's remarkable about Jesus talking about um, murder and killing is that as a model for how to live shalom, Jesus becomes a victim of killing, gives his life. Yeah. Um, this one's personal. It's really, yeah, definitely it's personal. And I think that that's because Jesus so fully understands that we, that if the kingdom of heaven is here and now, and if God is ever present in everything and in everyone, if that's true, then we belong to one another. All of us are connected and belong to one another. And therefore, um, if we're mindful of that, if we're committed to that mindset, then the self-centeredness that would lead us to um, disregard for life, mm. uh, it, 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 it dissipates because we recognize that, that I am yours and you are, you are mine and we are all gods because because God is with us and within us, and we are all experiencing God together. And uh, if that's the case, then I'm, I'm not going to take your life, but I ultimately would give my life wow. for you. I would sacrifice for you because you are God's own. You are mine and I am yours. Does, does that make sense? Like that's where I, I see Jesus going with this. That makes complete sense to me. And it, it's just a completely different way of looking at how we interact with life as a resource that you could give it, you can take it, but you can give it. And that this set of commandments is basically the, it's the inner boundary. It's the basics, as you said. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is like, actually, there's more. There's more you can do than just not doing. And that's hope giving for me. I mean, that's why it's the gospel, right? Like, oh, there's actually a participation in this that is more creative, more generative, more interesting um, than just not doing something, especially since, frankly, at my heart, and I think that I'm not alone in this, um, I know I'm not, given the chance I fall into the I'm God category more often than I should. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's violating other commandments, right, right? The minute you think you can take somebody's life or you can take life and not be held accountable for it or willing to take the chance that you'd be held accountable for it, you've violated the first commandment, the second commandment, the third commandment. You, you start moving through them and you realize this one is related to idolatry, to faithlessness, to stealing, to it's, you're just going to get into all of them. And instead of being one that it's like, oh, that's easy. You're like, whoa, actually at the heart, I'm very close to violating this one mm-hmm. in a couple of different ways, but I'm not yeah. God. Totally. And that line of thinking also, again, returns to uh, self-centeredness 
Yep. And uh, either refusal to acknowledge or just ignorance to the fact that uh, we, we all belong to one another. And this is why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get preachy on this, on this contemporary issue. This is why I get frustrated with people who won't wear a mask right now. Because if you value life, if you value the life of others, then for you to say, it's my right, I have the right, I can choose to wear a mask or choose not to wear a mask, that's the kind of self-centeredness that is stealing life from others to build yourself up. It's an ego thing, obviously. Talk about violating some commandments. When those of us who, and I'll say us, because I'm, I'm wearing a mask, uh, who understand the value of life and want to protect others. Yeah. Um, we're gonna wear that stupid mask, you know? So it's, it's just a different mindset that Jesus is calling us to uh, that's challenging because I, I know I participate in systems and, and part of this has to do with systems as well, right? There are systems that we might call in um, biblical language, theological language, powers and principalities that I knowingly and unknowingly participate in that steal life yeah. that take life and are not life-giving and so again i go back to this idea that no one escapes the big number six no one does right um yeah. so one last note that uh i want to i want to draw attention to is um and this partially comes in, you pointed this out, but I was impacted by it because I, I grew up in a tradition that highly valued the authority of scripture, meaning, and then you, you put this down in our notes, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Or where the Bible speaks, we speak, and where the Bible is silent, we are silent. And it, it just elevates scripture to this, the, the word of the law is the word of scripture. This is the word of God, right? And Jesus, on the other hand, takes scripture and says, I'm not going to remove anything from it. It is authoritative. Not one jot, not one line. I, my, my favorite Hebrew words for it is not one dot or tittle, right? Yep. <laughs> Those marks in Hebrew. I will, none of that ever will pass away. But I have some things to say about this and says them with authority. And so I think that as we continue to go down this series of um, shall nots, but I say to you that we need to be mindful of how we read scripture and how is scripture authoritative. Jesus doesn't seem to have time for the inerrancy and infallibility argument that some would make about the Bible. He doesn't have time for it. He said, look, there's actual life. There's an actual God who is present all the time and with you. And that's what we should be lifting up and serving. One of the, the quotes that we found from a guy named Mark Davis uh, says, a question that these antitheses, that's the statements that Jesus are, is, are, is making, raises is what does it mean to be faithful to the scriptures? I suspect Jesus would respond, the point is not to be faithful to the scriptures, 
but to be fruitful to the living God who continues to be present among us. To start to get to the place with scripture that we're going to take it literally verbatim basically brings us back to a silly argument about bugs and burgers. And that's what Jesus is railing against and says, your righteousness has to be greater than the scribes and Pharisees who are picking this thing apart. It's got to be greater than that, which means there's more to it, which means don't get stuck in word by word. Don't get stuck in parsing, but be liberated to live this and to serve God by living this. So good. Yeah. I love that. I think that that is at the heart of why these are not explained and we want them so badly to be explained. It's because we're supposed to engage them. Mm -hmm. I think they're given to us in this form in part because, you know, I'm now I'm creating things out of nothing, but like, because God wants us to say, Mm -hmm. but what does that really mean? How are we really going to do that? The Bible doesn't talk about wearing your mask. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out how to live this now. What does it look like today? And what is it then tomorrow and beyond that, right? And people beyond us are going to ask these questions as well. And they're going to come up with more complicated answers. I love that. I think it's such a good way to end. I wonder if yeah. you want to ask the questions. Yes, we have one question. We'll keep it simple for this week. One question, and that is this. In what ways does this commandment, this thou shall not murder commandment, alongside the words of Jesus that we read in Matthew 5, in what ways do these things together challenge or convict you about your life? Now, in what ways does this commandment alongside the words of Jesus challenge or convict you right now? Yeah? Yeah. One question. One question. Feel free to engage with that question via our online platforms, social media, or for questions of the people at 1030 on Sundays. You can engage that one question. I'm sure it'll bring up some... uh, interesting conversation. So uh, I'm going to pray for us and then I'll sing us out with our benediction. All right, Jules? Great. Okay. Loving God, we thank you that your intention for this world for the beginning, from the beginning, has been kingdom of heaven, has been shalom, all things, all relationships made right, made good. We give you thanks for that. And we ask for your forgiveness for all the ways that we fall short. We give you thanks that you challenge us, Lord Jesus, with these words that expand on what it means to take life and challenge us to be life givers and to actually give our lives for the sake 
of others. We ask that you, Holy Spirit, will continue to move within all of us and compel us to be life-giving people in this world that so desperately needs life. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Friends, feel free to sing along as we sing to and with one another our closing benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious. Gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you peace. Stay safe and at peace, love, and serve the Lord, and love one another.